Welcome to the Eastern Current Saltwater Fishing Podcast presented by Outdoors by Owner. OBO helps the outdoorsmen find the perfect home to rent for their next outdoor pursuit. Whether you're looking for a house right on the shallow water flats of Florida Bay with world-class sight fishing right out your back door, or you want to find a weekend mountain getaway for you and your family, OBO has the house for you. To check out all their incredible properties, visit go-obo.com. On today's podcast, I chat with Greg Camacho, all about custom rod building and the importance of having your gear in order. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Eastern Current on Patreon. There you'll be able to find our weekly Ramp Talk podcast, where my guide buddies and I discuss our day-to-day fishing on the way to the boat ramp in the morning. I've teamed up with Florida Fishing Products to outfit my guide service with their spinning reels, braided line, and fluorocarbon leader. And I'm looking forward to giving you some real-world feedback on their gear. I've been enjoying their Osprey CE for all my light tackle, redfish, and speckled trout, and Resolute for my beefier setups for big reds, cobia, tarpon, and jacks. I'm looking forward to helping further their mission to equip anglers to fish better, which couldn't align closer with our values here at Eastern Current. Be sure to check out their website, floridafishingproducts.com, or ask about them at your local tackle shop. Temple Fork Outfitters is the rod of choice for all of us here at Eastern Current. Whether we're fly fishing for shallow water redfish, sight casting to cobia from a tower, or dropping live pinfish to grouper in 100 feet of water, they have the rod for the job. Their customer service is unmatched by any rod company out there, and their rods can take the beating of everyday guide use without any issues. My favorite rod for redfish and speckled trout is their 7-foot medium-light tactical inshore spin rod. Be sure to check out their website, tforods.com. Greg, what's going on, man? Thanks for uh, being a little flexible in the time. I pushed you back 30 minutes, and uh, I know that can be tough with kids. So I'm usually frustrated with, with now that I have kids, when, when people move times around. <laughs> <laughs> it is all good. It is all good. It worked out great. Nice. Heck yeah. Well, uh, well, guys, this is my good friend Greg, like I was mentioning, um, and he's got an awesome custom rod building company, uh, custom nets, dip nets, and landing nets, and gaffs, and all really, really cool, you know, really really cool stuff so we're gonna get into that but also talk about greg's you know passion for the outdoors and and how it's kind of brought him to his career as well as his his uh his his little side hustle of of the rod building um so man why don't you start out by introducing yourself tell us your story yeah 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 i'm glad i get to do this uh my name is greg kamata my wife my family and i live in washington north carolina uh, a lot of people have never heard of it, but uh, it's a gem. It's in Eastern North Carolina, and we've been living here for a while. My full-time job, I have the privilege of doing the youth ministry, so I get to hang out with high school kids all the time. So I'm the area director of Young Life here in Beaufort County, North Carolina, and I've been on Young Life staff for, I think this is my ninth year. That's awesome. Uh, I've, yeah, ever since I graduated and kind of moved to North Carolina, I've uh, doing ministry. So real fortunate for what I get to do, and then... I uh, I just build rods on the side to make a little extra boat gas money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got a good setup. I'm I'm, I'm real grateful. I don't take it for Dude, your your uh, your rod building is awesome, and and just how how quickly that's taken off for you is really really neat. And especially, I just got a custom net from you that is um, super cool. And Fletcher thinks that its name. My son thinks his ne- the net's name is a net. He's he's like. <laughs> struggling lately with those words that are you know the things that can mean two different things it gets a little confused yeah. but but um yeah. but yeah man the thing's uh super awesome and so well built and 
um, that's that's just a cool uh, a cool little feature, and it just it's, it, even on guide trips, it just looks nice. The net looks really sure. nice, and it, yeah. people, everyone that's seen it has commented on it. But tell me how you know your love for fishing started as a kid who didn't necessarily grow mm-hmm. up on the East Coast here, uh, and, yeah. and how that's how your fishing life has kind of evolved to where it is now. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and talking about a, a fun place to live and and if you like outdoors. And I grew up there, and I would find any body of water I could to go fish. And I remember my buddies and I jumping on bikes, and, and we didn't really have Google Maps back then. But we would look around, like, what piece of uh, a water can we go and, and try to catch a fish at? So we'd bass fish all the time and had uh, my dad's old rods in the garage. So we we fished a little bit, and especially in the summer when it was warm, but it wasn't like, my, my passion but we would do it all the time right and uh, there's a lot of good freshwater trout uh, on a spin rod so we i remember when i was in high school we would uh we'd pack up my buddy's truck and go to some real clear freshwater uh reservoirs and we would uh trout fish all the time if, uh, we had no clue what we were doing but we were out there and, uh, no, that's that's all you need to be it. doing it's just exactly. being out there <laughs> exactly we have a pond in our backyard right now here in washington and I, I swear there's a there's kids riding their bikes and, and kind of riding their bikes through my yard all the time to go fish this pond. That's and, awesome. And uh, I don't own it, but uh, I, they they always think like, oh, this guy can yell at me. <laughs> it reminds me of growing up when you sneak in this golf course and go uh, catch some, some bass. And uh, I just love that they're over there uh, doing what they can to yeah. catch fish. So, that, that's awesome, man. I think that we need to be the, the type of old men that – Encourage uh-huh. them and say, "Hey, if anyone tells you not to fish them, just keep on fishing." Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so they, they need the the outdoor voice of reason, if you will. But yeah. no, that's uh, that's cool. So when did when did the saltwater fishing first come into play for you? Um, as you yeah. you, know, you grew up in the mountains and, and doing a lot of freshwater stuff. When did that come into play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, being in Colorado, we never went to the beach. I never spent any time. My wife's from North Carolina, and they, I think, her first time. And so she had always grown up at the beach. I never spent any time uh, really until college. And the closest beach was California. But when you go to Southern California and all our people are fishing, well, they do, but everyone's surfing. And so you did that a couple of times, but really had no knowledge of catching fish in, in the salt. And I, I think when I thought about beach fishing, I thought of offshore, just catching big fish off, miles offshore and right. peeping because that get six with the Colorado uh, legs and uh, I did one time and I for sure threw up <laughs> it wasn't very appealing but back then uh, I remember seeing I think it was a, a YouTube video or something of a guy fly fishing and I was like that looks awesome and I've always been a guy that was like if I don't know how to do something I'm going to try and figure it out right um, especially if there's someone that can tell me if not I'll just go figure it out man so I remember just watching YouTube videos and how it was fly fishing. And I remember that uh, my uncle had a fly rod and he was an outdoorsman. And so I called him up and said, hey, you got a fly rod in the basement that I could borrow? He said, sure. So I went home, grabbed that. And I remember going to the fly shop in Fort Collins, Colorado, called a Tartus. And it was just a sweet spot. And the guys in there showed me some, some nips to throw on there. And that first time out on the river was a nightmare. <laughs> I, I spent more time untying knots and getting hung on branches. And, and I thought, why would anybody ever want to do this? It's horrible. 
and but I kept with it, and I think maybe third, fourth time out there, uh, I was in the right spot at the right time and tied a handful of rainbow trout on the fly rod, and I remember being hooked from that yeah. moment on. It was the best. It was the best happening ever. You know, I was on the road all by myself. It was in biking distance. Um, it, it was a good time. So that really started my and you live in one of the best states in the country. That's just so started doing that. We really had a lot of buddies that were thick into it, and so I just kind of did that by myself. And then started catching bass on the bar rod at a at a local reservoir over in my college town, and so. Remember, so then fast forward a little bit. I was someone who married my wife. I had to pack up the car, move across the country. It's the best move I ever made. Moved to North Carolina, and um, still we were living in Salem, which is not very close to the beach, but we were dating. You were living where? In, in Winston Salem. Winston Salem. Okay. Yeah, so we were doing doing my staff there, and but the closest couch thing was not biking distance anymore, but it was like forty five minutes. So we would always go. This uh, little delayed harvest stream and just catch a bunch of trout in there. And I loved it. And then I started seeing people catch redfish and other fish on uh, the fly rod. I had no clue that was the thing. But I saw that those fish actually pulled a lot harder than a little rainbow trout. Right. So, uh, I actually, a mutual friend, my buddy Cliff Benson, uh, yeah. he at the same time was at uh, Wake Forest. And he was time flies and stuff, showed me this, and him and I went and uh, spent a night in a figure eight in, in, on his skiff and fly fishing, and it opened up a whole new world. And so um, then we moved to North Carolina, or to Washington, so we kept going east. And I, I'm looking at the river right now. I don't live on the water, but I'm 80 yards from it, and we have a boat ramp in our neighborhood, and I got an old uh, boat that I can uh, go out there and catch fish. Hundred yards from my house, if I wanted to. So I'm really in a good spot that I can uh, I can fish a bunch. It really it feels like this just culmination of things happening to put you in Washington. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just cool. To, it's really cool to see people's fishing, people's lives unfold. You know, and but then even yeah. so that they're like their their life and fishing, which is really neat. But that that's cool. So out of all of it, what is you know spending a lot of time fishing, you know, freshwater streams and in a, you know, out West and where the fishing is actually pretty solid for, for freshwater trout to all the saltwater experiences you've had. Is there a favorite? Is there something that's really the most, excuse me, the most addicting to you? Oh yeah. I, I, people ask me all the time, Mike, I can't believe you, uh, you moved to Colorado and everyone wants to go that way. And I, I love the salt way more. Like I said, I like when fish pull hard and, and they're big. And so the technical part of fishing streams and trout will always be fun. And I will never turn down a trip to go uh, catch some trout. But um, right here in my backyard, I could catch redfish. I could catch a striper. I could catch trout. Uh, even tarpon are literally right behind my house in August. And yeah. bull drum all the way up through September. Um, it's a little harder to catch those on the fly rod because it's brackish brown water. You're not really, you can't really see them like right, you might right. in uh, some order or something like that. But um, for me, I love a good like, top water striper redfish bite. It, it doesn't get my thing. And there's actually built uh, myself, I don't know if I build myself many rods because it's busy building everybody else, but I did build myself a fiberglass eight weight and it's just popping out with a. Uh, and poppers uh, and let some cyclists like that. It's real 
idea. That sounds like a blast. There, there's not much. I mean, insert the fish, but sunset and top water like that. That is, uh, yeah. that's a pretty special moment to have. Uh, yeah. When it's yeah. that low light, the morning's awesome, but just like that last bit of the day, and the fish are blowing up on the surface, and the last little you know bits of light is really, really cool. Very, very yeah. uh, addicting for sure. And stripers, yeah. I feel like, are so known for that. That like last little thirty minutes of light uh-huh. blitzing on the surface. I love, I love them. I love them. And I don't want to forget, I don't get to do it often. Uh, my brother in law lives in Charleston, who you know, and yep. we have mutual, mutual friends in there. But a time like this in the flood in October is, I, I think I've said this before, if I, could, if I could only finish one thing for the rest of my life, it, it might be tailing redfish in, yeah. in the grass in Charleston in October when the weather's perfect, it's flooded, and you just see a big blue tail waving at you it doesn't get much better no that's hard to beat man it's it really is and again that's that this you know a lot of times the flood tides are early in the morning late at night kind of that low light scenario everything's just so pretty <laughs> it makes it uh yeah. i think yeah you know, that's for me that's a, so much of it is being out there and experiencing uh the outdoors and seeing those things is is just as that's important right. as catching the fish more important than catching the fish you know that's part of it that's right but, um well, sweet. Well, when did, you know, out of all that, you're, you're, you know, you're in Washington, you're, you're the Young Life Area Director. Um, when did the rod building become a thing? Is that something you started doing for yourself or for someone else? Yeah. How did that play out? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, it, like you said, how things kind of fall in place. When I was back in Winston-Salem and, and doing high school ministry, there was a high school, then a high school kid in Mason. You know, I remember him and his dad, that was their thing, is to build custom fire rods, and they were trout fish, and him and I, so I got to know him, when he was in high school, he would fish a little bit, and he told me all the time about some rods that they were building, and I thought it was cool, but I was like, it was never that appealing, like, oh, that's cool, but I don't, it's just another thing to get into. And I didn't think much of it, and fast forward, it was probably seven years ago, and I was sitting around one, one day, this is February years now when I kind of started building. And uh, the season before, the spring before, we were fishing at Weldon. Uh, and uh, I had an eight-way that I loved. And uh, sucked, the line got sucked into the towing motor, and I wasn't looking and talking to the buddy on the boat. And it was not the, the first half of that fire rod. And I remember being really bummed and uh, trying to go through the warranty process. And yada, yada, yada. And in that, it kind of cool to build a ride yeah uh, it'd be real cool to build a ride and i remember my buddy mason doing it and so i gave mason a call and i said hey, i remember doing this whole thing what do i need to do to get started and he said hey you need to go online and buy this kit it has everything you need and it worked out perfectly when i when i went on that day that kit was like 50 percent off oh and nice the whole thing came with like everything you needed to tie or to build your own ride and uh I would tie flies too, so I love, I love, I would sit there wake up early in the morning, sit with a cup of coffee and love sitting and, and tying flies. Just working with my hands in, in the quiet and um, whatever, kids woke up and uh, I love working with my hands and so Yeah. It felt, it felt like it would be a lot like that. And so I wanted to see it came in, followed directions. YouTube is a very powerful tool of that. You really have when we're super young, but. Yeah, I, I really think you can learn anything um, on YouTube, and I'm always YouTube and how to do stuff. So I YouTube how to build a fire rod, and uh, I built this ugly 
you know, <laughs> it was, I think it's an eight way power run. And, um, at the time I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And it, it works well. I went out and caught some pepper on it and uh, I just shared it. I sent some pictures to some buddies of mine that like fishing and I was really pumped about it. And suddenly people, somebody's like, Hey, can you, you think you could build me one? And so I, I, I built a, a spinning rod for a buddy of mine, and, and I think it was like forty dollars of labor plus all the the stuff. Sent him that, and it was looking back, it was the ugliest thing ever. But at the time, it was just pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so a couple of those, and the next guy was like, "Oh, you're gonna be fly rod. I'm going to Montana uh, this spring, and can you do this?" And so now, I mean, if it was, I look back and I was like, if it wasn't for those people that like, hey, I'm going to pay you to build me a rod, and uh, I don't know if I'd still be doing it, but they uh, they laid the foundation for uh, what I'm doing now. So, it kind of felt like I was never intended to make a job out of it. I was never intended to really build for other people. I just wanted to build one for myself, and, yeah. uh, and then I just took the opportunity to, to grow it. So, yeah, it kind that... of fell in my lap, which is fun, and I, I love stories like that. Yeah, man, I think it's it's cool how it how it evolved to to what it was, and um, just I'm with you on the creative aspect of it. It's it's fun to have an outlet in which you can kind of be creative. I feel like a lot of fishermen are that way in general. You know what I mean? Like they're they're everyone's yeah. got that. Maybe not everybody at all or, or everybody, but but most fishermen like that type of um, okay. yeah, the hands on and the creative aspect of things especially oh, yeah. fly fly fishermen like most fly anglers fly tie flies but not all of them so it's yeah. a it's a cool way to uh cool way to to kind of stay in the sport when you're not can't actually be on the water as well i feel like exactly. um i got into exactly. spraying lures a few years ago with um which is oh, yeah. another I've, i'm looking at the stuff i set it all back up like two weeks ago and i haven't messed with it again yet but i want to get back into it just oh, a yeah. really fun way to to, like yeah. I said, just to kind of stay plugged in. But If I'm fishing a jig, you can bet it's going to be an iStrike Texas Eye. Dave and Ralph at iStrike have built the most versatile and durable lineup of jigs in the saltwater industry. Whether you need a finesse presentation on spooky wintertime redfish, or you need to hop a big swim bait on deep water structure for cobia and bull redfish, iStrike has the jig for you. Be sure to check out their website and use code EC10 for up to 40% off all iStrike products and 10% off all Z-Man products. The code can only be used at iStrikeFishing.com and you can find the code and the link to their website in the podcast show notes. There is no stealthier platform to fish the shallow water flats, creeks, and marshes than a pedal drive kayak. The P-127 from Bonafide is my choice when I want to get out on a solo trip and access the areas that I can't get to on a flat skiff or a bay boat. It happens far too often in a boat where I have redfish and plenty of water in the back of a creek or bay, but there's a sandbar or series of sandbars between me and the fish and I just can't quite make it to casting distance. But with a kayak, I can drag across the sandbar right to them. Be sure to check out the full lineup of Bonafide Kayaks on the website or at Hook, Line, and Paddle here in Wilmington. I will have a link to the Bonafide website in the show notes as well. When did, uh, so the the rods, I've, I've loved watching you build those, and then you kind of found a little bit of a of a niche here with the awesome custom nets, like for boats. Like yeah. guys can get a net designed with whatever they want on it, you know, 
when did that kind of come into play? Was that pretty quickly into yeah. your 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 uh, building or more recently? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's a great question. So uh, once I, I started building these things, there's actually a buddy of mine here in town. I missed. He, uh, he's on our young life committee, and and COVID uh, kind of forced him to shut down the business that uh, he'd been doing for a while. So he, he, him, and I were talking one day, and he said, "I think I'm going to open up a, a shop downtown." And I was like, oh, what kind of shop are you going to open? And he said, uh, like a men's apparel fishing. Him and I fish together, and he, he loves uh, being on the water, too. And so he, I, he's like, I'm going to open up a shop where guys can come get, like, fishing clothes. Because here in town, I mean, our downtown is awesome, man. It's been on a ton. But uh, it's just a bunch of antique stores and women's boutiques. And there's not really a lot of stuff for, like, guys like you and I to go get in these shirt or shorts we need to. Right, so right. He, he opened up a shop. Uh, Pirate Waters Outfitters. We're in ECU country. Oh yeah. And so, uh, he opened. He, he's. I'm gonna open up the shop, and he uh, the next day he found a little space downtown, and uh, he kind of him and I kind of dreamed up how we can open up this place, and, and so in the midst of it, he said, "Hey, do you want to uh, help me do a fly shop in it as well? Like it'll be an immense pearl store, but we'll do a fly shop in it, and because no one around here sells that stuff, we gotta go to." Greenville, if we wanted to get any kind of fly material in the year. Yeah. And so I said, I love fly fishing. I would love to do that. And then at the same time, he said, Oh, you're building these, uh, these rods on your kitchen counter. <laughs> what if I built you a uh, uh, just workspace and you can work in there instead of at home? Uh, I think that day my, my three year old pulled a rod that was drying with epoxy on it and pulled it off the counter. <laughs> so oh, I, 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 need a place, I need a place that I can. Uh, kind of separate that and my wife didn't want me uh, doing all the stuff all over our counter so it just fell into place and stuff Astor has been open for two years now and it's grown a ton from uh, just this building is hard to, to picture but there's three spots in this building and just over the last two years we just kept knocking walls out and, and getting the next spot over and so Bo he owns the place um, has, has really created a cool spot and so, That's uh, awesome. they got all kinds of stuff that you can go in and buy and then the back corner is my kind of spot, and there's a, a 10-foot bench back there and uh, lots of storage space. And so I, I build rods in there, uh, which is real fun when people come in. And we get a lot of out-of-town folks, especially in the summer. Like yeah. This is a summer summer spot for a lot of folks, especially Raleigh people have second houses here. So a lot of people coming in and out to, to shop, and the, the shop has done really well. And so it's allowed me to kind of get uh, my name out there a little bit. And I'm not in there. I probably... I probably go in for an hour every day, every other day, and uh, put a coat of epoxy on a rod or whatnot, and then uh, let it dry overnight. And so I just have a QR code in there. <laughs> People just kind of, and uh, it'll shoot to my phone whenever they're interested in something. But I remember being in the shop to, to answer your question finally. Um, no, you're good. I was in there. I was in there with Don. I was like, what if, like, everybody, there's a lot of people building custom rods. You don't know that until you start doing it. But uh, I was like, what if, uh, what if I start doing like landing nets? That'd be real cool. And um, I remember like thinking, well, how much would I charge to like make this thing like worth it? And uh, I remember his words were like, ah, I don't know, I'd spend that much money on a, a landing net. That's probably right. Uh, you can easily go get like a forty-five dollar one at Academy Sports or something. And so and it kind of put it on the back burner. And then finally, I think it was a. a a customer of mine was like, can you do the dip nets? Can you do a landing net? And it kind of re-sparked my interest in 
doing that. And I might, I might have said to him, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could do that. And I'd never done one yet. And so um, I did it, my older one. And uh, I used you guys uh, fishing nets, and they actually uh, offer a shaft uh, that my, my father-in-law has. It extends and whatnot, but you can't really wrap that. But they also have this thick shaft, and so I was like, I'm going to try and wrap this thing with thread and epoxy and, and make it cool. So this gentleman up in Virginia ordered, he ordered 10 rods from me and two nets, and so I really wanted to make an awesome form. So I got this uh, shaft and, and decorated it. It was awesome. That's and awesome. Finally, I was like, this is the hexagonal-shaped uh, shaft, and so it, it – it turned out great, but I was like, "There's a you can do this better. There's a way to do this better and get neater and, and prettier." And so uh, I just found out a way how to cut shafts, and uh, and it's a mixture of epoxy and and uh, riveting, uh, a threaded insert in that you go offers. So uh, now I can cut any when I was using that shaft a couple of times from you go, I um, just make my own up and cut them to any size people want. So I've done little uh, two-foot nets for the guys that wade fish for trout, and then I've done a six-foot net for guys out in Colorado that lake trout fish. Yeah. Just need some real, some length and some some reach. So it's really been, I like doing them. Uh, I think someone asked me the other day, it's my, I think I, it's my favorite thing to because there aren't a bunch of guides that you got to get perfectly straight and wrap a bunch. It's really just a shaft that you get to decorate with thread or in a pocket. So, uh, They've become real fun. And everyone's got rods. Everyone's got like 20 rods in their, their quiver that they use. And, and the last thing I want to do is buy another rod, especially one, an expensive custom rod. And so, but they don't have a cool net. And uh, it really took off around Christmas time. It's a great gift to give somebody. Oh, for sure. Um, it's a great gift because a lot of, uh, you probably have a few people in the listening have everything like what am I going to get this person they already have fishing rods and fishing nets and whatnot and if they don't have it they'll just go get it themselves uh, and so that's what's fun about the custom whether it's rods or, or nets is that you can really customize it and you can't people can't go buy that anywhere you really got to drink right. it up and order it so I built I think four or five of them for folks around Christmas time and state ones for it you know, a gentleman that has a Seox, and so I put Seox's logo on there and, and his name. And I remember I was so excited for Christmas to come because those people that ordered those would probably get to give them to the person. Right. They, they all text me pictures, and, and even the people that received them, um, their loved ones, they were like, oh, man, this is cool. Um, it's just like a staple piece that can travel with you forever you know you get that cool net whether you're a trout angler in the mountains you know it's a little a little small net or if you're you know Mm -hmm. like you said you're a big old landing net for kobe or something like that i mean it's it's kind of like a piece uh, yeah it's a staple piece of of the whole outfit that will outlast probably everything (laughs) you might have to replace the mesh every once in a while but but the the bones of that thing are are forever easy easy so, yeah, I really like it. And then the dip nets, I think I've used, that's another great gift. And I've started giving those as gifts to people. Yeah. Um, for Christmas, did that. And then people who were for like Father's Day and whatnot. And then this is kind of, and like, I never saw this coming, but a lot of moms have been ordering for like their kids to play the beach in, which is funny. Yeah. Uh, and so, well, I've always seen it as like, I'm going to keep it on the boat and fish with it and uh, 
get molded and shrimp and stuff out of the live well. Right. Uh, there's a lot of moms that got them for the kids that they're playing the sand and, and whatnot. So but it's just a cool thing to keep that through around the sand, but uh, it'll last a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot, for a sure. Lot of, a lot of my fans have to rinse in half and rinse and whatnot. But, uh, so the, the Dimnet's real fun too, and just a good that gets it to about. Uh, I love matching the boat. It's a uh, marine here in town. Uh, it's one of my favorite holes and one of my favorite boats and good boats and uh, a lot of guys that uh, order their pair marine boats from out in Washington uh, have gotten some some dip nets from me and stuff and I can match those uh, colors to their boat. I actually got one I have to deliver to the pair. Uh, they're going to deliver the boat to them in Florida uh, next week and someone's going to throw uh, the, the map in the, in the center console and let, uh, let them deliver it. So, That's awesome. Just like Stuff you don't need, and you can easily go get the, the cheaper version. Uh, but it's just real fun to have. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, man. That net you built for me. I have this trout that I'm just you know this, but I'm just saying it to the to the listeners. But I have this trout yeah. logo that I got made, um, uh, like two years ago. I, I was gonna do something with it. I think I was gonna do it on the back of my truck with like a phone number and whatnot. And then I never did that, and so I've been sitting on it. And and when when we were talking about the net design, I was like, I, I think I sent you that, and that's redfish sure, skull thing. Sure. And and you matched some of the colors from that that graphic, which it just turned out yeah. so cool. It was really cool. And yeah. Dude, Cameron Cameron's net looks awesome too with the black and the his it, that turned out really really cool. Yeah, it's real fun. And I think that that creativity. Uh, one of my favorite things is when people let me kind of do whatever I want. Yeah, um, I'll I'll, I'll do to the T what people ask me to do. And I've had some customers that are like, hey, I want to see like every every step of the process and kind of sign off on it and I want to see these colors before you, you finish it. But I also had people that say, hey, like, I trust you, trust your uh, your design and that just made me something awesome. Where they're like, hey, I want like a I want ECU net. And obviously we know those colors. Right, right. But I really love when people give me freedom to do uh, and I think that's what's you know, um, yeah, obviously went off the logo. Uh, I don't want to do a, a pink and green net with an orange gray logo. <laughs> right. uh, but I really do love, I love, uh, hey, what can, how can I make this thing awesome? And one of those things I've started to do is funny too. I, uh, I told my wife, I was like, you know, like a lot of guys make their own handles for rods, but I'm never going to do that. I said, okay, that sounds like a waste of time. I can just buy them. Um, I'm never gonna do that. And here I am. I'm <laughs> buying all the stuff. I buy all the, the stuff and now like uh, just to step it up a notch and kinda distinguish myself from other rod builders. Um I started making custom handles and so literally like your net and Cam Cameron's net and everything I do now I'd say within the last well, since the spring, um, they're all custom handles. So no one in the world has the same exact handle. Um, and everything from cork to EVA foam, and uh, I even bought a, a lathe, a wood lathe, and then my, my set out back started turning wood handles for rods, uh, whether it's wood handles or uh, just accent parts, and then uh, sealing those and epoxy in those. Uh, it's been real fun to get really creative with rods. And, and the goal is that when people look at them, they're like, they're blown away. I'm like, whoa, what, what is that? And, uh, that that custom handle is kind of the next step, which is real fun. Yeah, man, for sure. The wood handle that those those looked so cool. I've always wanted to have be able to play on a lathe for a little while. I'd probably lose a finger, yeah, but, 
yeah, it was cool with the custom handles how you can kind of play back in the colors from the wraps, so you can kind of have yeah. that same kind yeah. of little pattern transfer throughout yeah. the whole net. But yeah, such cool, uh, such a cool little custom piece to to add to your your fishing yeah. uh, your fishing gear for the for the day. But yeah, that's sweet. So, are, is there anything? you know, going forward with, with your company or is there other stuff in that realm that you feel like you want to tackle? Is there, and if it's like, Oh, I don't want to announce this yet or, or just. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, uh, I thought about that a lot. And, uh, for now I've a hundred percent called the continuity ministry. And so I was just figuring out how do I keep up with (laughs) the, the volume and, and a good problem is a lot of people want stuff. So how do I do uh, uh, my full-time job and calling and then also continuing to do that work? So a lot of the, it, was, it was wild. Around Christmas time when there was kind of a deadline, we needed to get some people. There were some 4.30 a.m. mornings when I would go down to the shop downtown and work before my boys got up. And so that's a, that's gotten a little better now that there's no necessarily dead deadline like Christmas. But right. uh, it, it's gotten real busy. So I had to figure out doing that. So, I wake up every morning and I'm I'm wrapping skies and, and doing stuff, uh, gluing handles at five thirty in the morning when uh, the world is quiet. I, I knock a lot of that out, but um, I feel like I'm in a good stride right now. Um, I do want to continue doing a lot of those. Uh, I think the next thing I really want to get into is uh, the offshore set. Yeah, thank you. I follow a lot of a lot of uh, rod builders that are way better than I am. And uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity in offshore fishing. And now a lot of those guys are the guys that want custom stuff. So you got sure. the sport fish down in Moorhead City, and uh, you you balled out on some uh, fruit. You want you don't want any uh, random rods that some other guy has. Uh, right. And so uh, the sport fishing boats are at a lot of potential for. Uh, for custom stuff and to have a sweet boat and then put your name on it with uh, colors that match and everything from uh, big 150 marlin rods and, and sailfish rods to slow pitch rods for jig and offshore. Uh, I feel like that's a popular bait. rod that you see a lot of people yeah. with like a real custom rod of yeah. slow pitch jigging. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody out there wants to uh, to get a whole set uh, I'm down <laughs> I'm down so uh, my goal uh, would be to do a I'm kind of this right now. Uh, my goal would be to do a whole ride set from spending stuff from um, Spanish uh, to some slow pitch rides to some heavier rides to your gaff and your net all matching and just have one big set to give to people so there's actually uh, one of my uh, my I guess best customers that has ordered a lot of stuff from me. He just ordered his twenty first round from me. Wow, that's in, awesome! In two years, and uh, he loves me. And so I'm doing a, a fun set with a, a set of eight that have uh, almost the same same design, same handles. So um, I, I love that, but I also love just building. I'm, uh, right now, I'm building one rod for a high school kid here in town that wants to, to get a rod for her dad for her birthday. For his birthday, so, oh, that's awesome. Uh, it's, it's it's all real fun, but uh, I I would love to get into more surf rods, big like thirteen foot, uh, just drum heavers. is a is a big custom market. Uh, if you go down to Hatteras, we go to Hatteras every fall. 
my wife's dad's been going there for 50 years to drum fish, and uh, every guy out there has some kind of custom surf rod. And I don't know what it is about that, but uh, you go down to any of the stores and Hatteras and Buxton and Avon, and uh, they even got guys in there uh, making custom rods. So uh, I did one for my brother-in-law, and one's about to come up the dryer tomorrow for another buddy that goes on that trip with us. Uh, these big 13 foot rods are real fun to wrap and design. I think there's something about them being bigger and, and thicker that uh, makes the design look real cool. So I would love to do that. Um, I, mean, I think just continuing. I love the gas. So I would love to continue doing more gas for books. Again, that's that's one that, like, you might have enough rods, but not, not a lot of people, well, I, I know have a good gas or at least a, a really cool gas that'll last a while. So uh, those are really easy to make, too. So. Actually, I'm I'm content where I am right now and continuing to. Heck yeah. And, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's a good place to be, man. Is, uh, yeah, yeah. is content with it. And I think yeah. that you're building some awesome, awesome stuff. And uh, I'm with you, man. The the gaffs, the nets, the rods are so cool. But, like, the the net and the gaff is like, I just feel like such a special piece to, to yeah. the ensemble. Sure, but, sure. Um, sure, well, heck Especially yeah. for guys like, like you and Cameron and a lot of the guys that have like, yeah, I've got 20 rods and um, there's some guys here in town that, oh, we have pro deals with don't like, and it doesn't make sense necessarily get a custom rod. Right, right. Because, right. Like, I, I get these rods and, and they're work courses, right? Like, you got people on boats and they're stepping on them and they're beating them up and you got clients banging them on the boat and, and breaking guides. And so, that doesn't necessarily make sense and I, I was about I would do the same thing. I would not buy uh, custom rods, but the nets and stuff. Um, again, it, it kind of appeals to everybody. For so, sure, for sure. Yeah. And I, I'm a. I want to get a custom rod or two from you because for me, it'd be nice to have. It's always for the last, you know, probably five or six years. I've been just what I fish is also what my clients fish. But it'd be really nice to have, you know, a set of rods that were. Hey, these are my rods that I fish when when I'm exactly. out by myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do do set for uh, a gentleman down for the. Uh, the guide and uh, he generously is going to let his clients use his, <laughs> his customer uh, but he's excited to offer something but more than the, like, the, uh, the appealing aesthetics of the rods uh, when, when rods are custom made uh, granted there's a lot of a lot of good rod makers in uh, in the game but um, even just the attention of a handcrafted like time spent not really in a factory getting this process with thousands of other rooms. Uh, it just, I, I love it. It's the most every, every little millimeter of epoxy and every, every wrap um, being as, as good as I can make it. And so, um, it was a good, cool thing about the system is that you can really build whatever you want. So, if you, uh, if you love, like, the, everything with the balance of the rods, the gentleman loves casting rods, but, uh, like a bait caster, but he wants the spiral wraps on it so that the guides kind of spiral around the blank and end up on the bottom like a spinning rod. Yeah. Um, so he, those are harder to find, so he just had me build one for him. And um, you can really get the performance that you want if you if you, if you get the right uh, specs on a blank and, and you have someone build it for you as opposed to uh, just getting it from a box store. So there's pros and cons. Uh, yeah. yeah that that's uh that's that's very true the the custom aspect of the rod though man just knowing that every inch of it was looked at and made sure everything cured correctly 
is if you're going to spend money on a rod, I'd rather go custom. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a great option. Not that there's not great, you know, factory rods out there, but, but yeah, I mean, having somebody touch every inch of it and put it all together, you know, it's right. You know, it's right. Yeah. Exactly. And I also, uh, love repairing rods for folks so a lot of the a lot of folks in town already have all the gear but they'll bring in the guides and stuff so, i mean they're not built to last forever nothing's indestructible but uh right. they're built they're built well but over time guide inserts fall out and uh hips break off and, and the glue in the tip melts if you leave it in your truck and it gets too hot and so then that starts twisting around so i pick a lot of guys and stuff for people they just uh drop them off in the shop and uh, put slap some new guys on there, some fresh epoxy, and then uh, send them on their way. So, heck yeah! So, if people want to get up with you, if they want to order a custom net, custom rod, want to talk yeah. with you about that, what's the best way for them to to connect with you? Yeah, great question. Instagram is pretty much it. Uh, I, a lot of people have asked the website, and I can I can put on Instagram and build one. Um, and they're really looking for like pricing and whatnot, but it, it's, it's depends so much on what you want that it's, it's kind of useless. And uh, people ask me all the time, like, how much would a rod be? And I'm like, it just all depends what you want. I've built everything from a, a, a one gentleman up north in, in Ohio, Steelhead Fishes a bunch. He wanted a, a specific sage blank and that with certain guys and everything, you know, $1,200 fire rods. Everything and then there's generic like that people have never heard of that are awesome that uh, I build as my site. There's really no like right. It, it was, there's no sense for a website really other than pictures. And if that's the case, then Instagram is the the, the a tool great that place I for use. That. So yeah. Just follow Camacho Rod Works on Instagram and uh, I just tell people uh, to DM me and uh, what they want and uh, I can get them uh, get them started. So it's it's real fun. Uh, I have a lot of people from. All over the country, there's one guy in Japan that like likes everything I post. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, they, uh, wow. it's been fun getting to connect with people that I wouldn't know otherwise. It's also crazy. There are more people, way more people outside of North Carolina and outside of Washington that buy stuff from me more than local people. Uh, that might be a red flag. <laughs> like, hey, I don't like that great guy. Uh, but, <laughs> Time to uh, move. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I doubt that's the case. People, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I love it. It's just been fun connecting with people in Tennessee and in South Carolina and Georgia, and uh, especially out west too, sending the uh, fly rods out to people out there. So, uh, yeah, Instagram do it, and uh, we can get people started. Heck yeah! Well, I will. Uh, I'll link your Instagram in the show notes here, but um. Just say it real quick for anyone who's listening so they can hear it if they're not looking at the show notes. Yeah, it's my name is Greg Camacho, so it's Camacho Rodworks. You heard it here, Camacho Rodworks, guys. I'll, uh, I, I think I had it on my story, but I'll post some pictures again of the net as well on the Eastern Current page so people can go over there and check it out, and I'll link link that through uh, when I do. I guess I when I do the thumbnail for Instagram for this podcast, I'll, I'll put some pictures of that in there so people can check yeah. it out. But but yeah, just so cool to be able to support, you know, a small local business and and be able to uh, get your custom rods. I mean, I feel like the, it, to be able to kind of dial in a rod is to take take that fishing that you might love to the next level, whether it's a rod for speckled trout or for big popping cork fishing for big bull drum or tarpon fishing yeah. or, 
you know, it's yeah. it's a way to kind of really tune in your setup and, and be able to fish a little more aggressively. So um, I think that's awesome. But, man, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast with me. And uh, yeah, thank, thank you again you. for my net. And, you guys, go check out uh, Camacho Rodworks, and we'll see you all next week. If you're anything like me, you like a clean boat. That's why I've chosen to partner with Carolina First Mate out of South Carolina. Carolina First Mate is a family-owned business that provides environmentally friendly boat cleaning alternatives. My two favorite products are their hole cleaner that doesn't harm your trailer and their boat wash. Be sure to use code EC15 for 15% off your online purchase. If you're interested in checking out all their products, you can find a link to their website in the podcast show notes.